Sarah, thank you for coming on for this podcast today and recording this episode. Really Absolutely. grateful to have you here. Happy this, to be uh, here. <laughs> I'm really excited for this because we kind of met on a forum online, realized we have very similar stories, a lot in common, interested in similar things. You have mm -hmm. a lot more experience and years than I do in doing this work, but I'm really excited to just start this conversation and see where we go. Yep. Why don't you just give a quick introduction to yourself, who you are, a brief intro to your story. Yeah, absolutely. I can start in with, with my story, actually, instead of sure. an intro, if that's okay. Yeah. So I fall into the category of people that have had a spontaneous kundalini awakening. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So I had absolutely no awareness of what was possible in relation to our bodies prior to this awakening. And I had been meditating for three days when it occurred. Wow. Talk yeah. about getting yeah. results. It's, wow. Okay. Yeah. And I, it was very simple. I had literally read like a paragraph in a public library book. I was located in a small town in Nebraska, middle of nowhere, and decided to black out a bathroom in my apartment at the time and just mm -hmm. just sit in the dark but yeah right. so the environment is yeah. important right for sure it is yeah. yeah and in hindsight I feel like I was very led up to this experience in terms of what I was shown to study and how I was shown to live and I got into feng shui and minimalism and started arranging my mm. space based yeah. on that yeah nice. and then I got into Mayan astrology at great depth and that's what started awakening the sensations within me. Um, okay. Yeah. And so then the Kundalini awakening uh, occurred. And I literally went from zero to having all sorts of perceptual, what people call gifts. Okay. Just instantaneously. So from one day to the next, I was able to see auras. I was able to sense energy. I was able to read thoughts, feelings objects you name it all within a matter of just a few weeks um, yeah and one of the connection points in reading what you had written about for me is that I went through this with another individual who mm. we were in each other's space and doing a lot of gazing and this was also pre pre-instagram youtube was maybe a tiny little baby there were very few people talking about the things that we were doing at that time right. the internet yeah right. so it was very organic where we Amazing. we were enjoying ourselves yeah and we were tuning into consciousness and receiving qualities and availabilities within ourselves and we took it on day to day without a lot of research or education. So I had a very organic awakening and was just immersed in abilities that felt very much the anime and the X-Men and the things I had been attracted to as a creative writer, as a <laughs> sci-fi writer. That's what I did in college. I wrote a lot of sci-fi and fantasy. And that's also how I discovered manifestation. That was organic for me as well. Prior to The Secret okay. being published, yeah, yeah. writing started right. to manifest. So 
I guess the reason I share a piece of my story prior to introducing myself is that I could go by many labels and I like to, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I like to playfully say that I live as a mage. I love to do magic and I live from a very intuitive space. And in terms of study and certifications, I've gone into Reiki and Yoga Nidra specifically. I have certified in Beyond Quantum Healing, which is essentially quantum field mm. work like yeah. And so yeah. I just collect a lot along the way. And then having been an open channel for 14 years, coming along with that is the availability to download via your nervous system. So being able to learn from anything you choose to tune into throughout time and space, whether that's a being or a field of, say, like mystical education, for instance. So if you want to learn something that was available 6,000 years ago, you can prepare your nervous system to then engage with that quality and that consciousness and that essence and essentially pull it in to your experience and vessel and qigong would be a vehicle where that is just incredible to play with sure yeah so i live in loveland colorado and so i have access to just beautiful scenery and nature and oh. the layers of like dimensions and portals <laughs> and stories and everywhere you look you can find people that are willing to meet you at these depths out here there's a lot of us running around that have had these experiences and find each other via the synchronicity that becomes natural when you live this way yeah yeah so that's my spiel <laughs> <laughs> very you said so many words which are very intriguing um no that's awesome yeah there's a lot of things you talked about I guess I'll start with the first thing you said, which is you had a spontaneous Kundalini awakening. I think I've heard a couple different things. I'm still not entirely clear on the definition of Kundalini myself. And I'm sure plenty mm -hmm. of people that might be listening might not know what that is. How would you define and what would you describe is Kundalini and a Kundalini awakening? Absolutely. So in terms of the way that I understand the body, we can run energies from the bottom up. We can run energies from the top down, and we can also circulate those energies through our heart center and out both arms and back and through. And then we can make connection points and conduit points within our body and within our hands related to that. And so in terms of a Kundalini awakening, it is a bottom up awakening. So essentially you're root energy comes up through your body through your cerebral spinal fluid and then mm. goes through your vessel and essentially opens up your crown from the bottom up so then you essentially are grounded within heaven on earth let me put it that way and so kundalini is associated with the serpent okay. and really when you get deeper into the esoterics there are lots of layers that this gets into and you can find it in the east a lot more than the west the west is a lot more top down where you get the holy spirit is how people identify that so the crown then moving those tingling sensations down with the kundalini rising up when it hits the heart you start to have soul level realization and as it moves up and through the body in these different areas, so as it moves through this area, there are all sorts of glands within the body that can, as mm -hmm. these glands open, they become piezoelectric is the word I like to use, where they are sensory to magnetism and electricity. 
And so essentially then when you're open through your heart, you're able to work within that quantum field. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's, you just said the end there is really interesting to me for a couple of reasons. One, so I, over the years, as I've also organically come into this space, my whole angle is the practical side of things. Yes. And right. And like, uh-huh. how does this relate to like physics and science and what's the crossover here? And one thing for me is I have what's called a pectus excavatum. So my chest caves inwards. Yep. You can kind of, I've started to realize, and now I can feel it. That has been a problem. Huh? having mm. to open this right i've had to do stretches and release like the energy literally started here on my i think on my first podcast and in the talk i gave in mexico i talk about the toxic sludge feeling that i was feeling here and how i started to release that and that's how i felt the tingle and that was the first time i felt energy move yes. and then i was at this amazing men's retreat like a month ago and I was talking with this guy who's done a lot of the work himself. He's done ayahuasca a couple of times. And he's like, yeah, sometimes I feel this thing where like I breathe in all the way and I really stick my chest out. And he's like, and I was like, same thing that I've been feeling. So it's amazing. It's fascinating to me. I've never heard anyone else talk about what you were just saying about like the glands, how this is really heart space, how it really gets closed off. Now to take mm-hmm. this a step further. And again, because I think of my pectus, it's more of an issue for me. I wish like I never have to sit in a chair at a desk anymore yeah. because why because we do this so I'm literally right now kneeling on a beanbag on a standing desk but the goal like, I'm seated also on the floor <laughs> nice literally my goal for this setup which I'll have eventually is that I could lay down as if I was laying on the couch because it would literally do the opposite of what we're doing every day, yeah. right? That's literally my goal. So I don't know if there's more you can get into with the whole, oh. the posture side of stuff, because we all think our front is our cord. So we do these crunches and everything tightens our chest, which pulls everything this way. Mm-hmm. But if you think of the back as the core and gorillas, they're like, like this one. Mm-hmm. If you could maybe shed some more light on that whole side of things about opening the chest physically and how that affects the psyche and everything, that to me is fascinating. Yeah, there are a few things that go along with my Kundalini story that are just really enticing and fun and those like juicy tidbits that land in the far out region, mm. the things that, that can occur. So There's a lot I, in the far out region. There's sure. a lot in the far out region, <laughs> yes. And yeah, I grew up and I had some injuries via car accident with my body. And so I had some rigidities in my body and some areas that didn't move in a way that was fluid prior to this. And then after having this happen, I want to say it was probably about three weeks after the initial awakening, I was able to do the full splits spontaneously. And my body started, yeah, it started going into mudras. So I would come out of meditation and my hands would be in these postures. And at the time, like I said, I didn't have education on what these things were. But I was in such a state of like fascination and curiosity with what was occurring. It was almost a little bit like, it was like Disneyland for me, where I was like, oh, this is so cool. I don't even know that I need to define it until I did. But yeah, I went into these spontaneous postures over time. 
And then started having a lot of organic experiences via meditation of seeing my energy body and my light body within and yeah. being able to like play with those glands and those structures. And then I started stacking and understanding through those meditations that our glands are vital to having these processes work and that the fluids resonate at different frequencies and that different human bodies have different glands. And so my That's interesting. Yeah. So we are actually quite unique as human <laughs> beings from a seer's perspective. Something that I went into a yoga teacher training about a year and a half after this awakening. And I was shocked when I saw the drawing that's the Roy G. Biv drawing of these discs on the body. I was like, what is this? That's not what bo energy bodies look like. And I learned that's just one drawing that was a tool to use mm. to focus on to involve those light codes within your body. That's not actually a drawing of what we look like. And okay. so there, yeah, so there are people walking around with so many different structures of energetics. And as you open to different layers and levels of your own body, and as your glands open, and there are all these beautiful esoteric symbols running around in the world that show us these things. For instance, one of my favorite is the, the Catholic Sacred Heart. And you see that with like swords through it, with fire, with thorns around it. You see them with illumination around the outside that's floral sometimes. And all of those are just significant of how open particular areas of this heart body are and then how much quote-unquote angelic contact or how many angles you're able to look at within the quantum field okay so this is a mishmash in here and going <laughs> pretty deep into the like there's layers and layers, there's layers, and you go layers. Into, there's, it's always a rabbit hole there's always another level it is <laughs> it is and so i guess Mostly what I want to say is that you can see your own awakening in the external world without education, without research. So I was shown, like I said, via my awareness as the teacher first, and then I showed up to wanting to discover more. So got into teaching and then got into Reiki, which more exploration there. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess that's, yeah, that's my answer to, I guess, the physicality and how it relates to the energy body and how we're all so different. And then when you work, work inside to work out, the number of physical changes that science would say are impossible, that yogis would say, no, that's not impossible. <laughs> that's, it's actually probable when you get to a certain position within your understanding of the particle and wave function. So one of the things that I love that Joe Dispenza talks about is that we get to a mm -hmm. space of liquid reality within our beingness or within our perception. And I call it magic because it's fun for me to call it that. Um, <laughs> for <it's, sure. laughs> that's, yeah. It's, so then you have non-local experiences. You have experiences that are outside of the ability to measure or have a metric. And then we get those consciousness things where the supernatural comes in yeah. and things get and That's fun. what I love about Joe Dispenza too. He's really like bridging the world between the spiritual and the science. He's scanning people's yes. brains when they're doing these meditations and having these experiences. 
I think yeah. he's one of his videos was the first time I heard the word Kundalini when I was researching him years ago. Uh huh. But you also just said something which I think is great too, and another good entry point to tie it back to Western, the science, the physics, which is you said particle versus wave. And if we look at the double slit experiment, we know that at the most basic level of of what we know about our universe, things are weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. When you shoot these, what, the photons through one slit and you watch it, you know what slit it goes into. When you don't watch it, you don't know what slit it went into. And there's yeah. no way of, the pattern is different. You get the wave pattern, the wave interference pattern if you don't watch it, but you get the very defined slit pattern if you do watch it. Exactly. And I think that's interesting because one thing I've been trying to do and I've been keeping notes on are patterns that exist at the micro level, the macro level and everything in between. And I think this is one of them for sure, because if you watch a photon, it's behavior changes. If someone's out dancing in their room and then they turn around and they see you watching them, their behavior is going to change. Yeah. It's like awareness and attention and just like the energy, like in, when I do <clears throat> my meditations, right. And mm. I put my attention on something that's when it starts to, to move and shift and unlock well. So I don't know if there's something else you had in mind when you were talking about the particle versus wave thing, but I think that's a really interesting analogy and just a pattern, I should say, right. That is yeah. proven by physics and also represented in the whole, just like energy workspace. Yep. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And in terms of a more physical level description of it too, we can talk about achieving that Holy Spirit or the crown activation as well. And so then what happens here is that your pineal and pituitary gland yoke to then secrete DMT, which then comes down. And that puts you within that field of availability to, mm -hmm. to affect that change. And so one of the things that we are shown to do when we get into energy work is to facilitate that connection so that then that body can go into that space and create those what we call miraculous changes. But now like the Dispenza research is showing that we call it miraculous, but really it's achievable and sustainable. And there are some factors and techniques that he's shipping and that are available outsourced now on the internet. Just <laughs> like you can pretty much find just about anything on the internet these days, if you go looking in the right places or know the words to use that. And then once you get to these spaces too, I'm sure you found that you're led to right people, right places, right time. If you're engaged oh, with, within that source but it just shows up and like this like we can just riff on conversation and trust that we can have a podcast with three minutes of engagement <laughs> i'm no longer fine. surprised like... by by all these things have lined up i'm really not i was tampa for example i live in tampa florida it's been on my yeah. list to move here for four years no okay five years that's when i first decided i was going to move here at the time, I was a digital nomad. I was traveling. And <laughs> I ended up moving to Puerto Rico instead for a few years. That was four years ago. Lived there for three years. Left. Moved here about a year ago. One of the reasons why I left Puerto Rico, and one of the reasons why I moved to Puerto Rico, was to pause traveling so that I could focus on healing my body, my mind, and start my business. Mm. Just, I was like, I need to focus on these three things. And I did a lot of the body. I did a lot of mind stuff, 
the body stuff I also started to get into and have made a lot of progress. And the business stuff was also rolling. So I checked most boxes. But after I had done a lot of the mind work, I was like, there's another level of my healing. There's another level of my journey in order to improve my psyche, which was the body side of things. Because I had still done a lot of the body work, some of it, but not the right body work, not enough. And I was like, there's still something that's missing here. So when I left, I decided I'm going to go back to Tampa, which is where I wanted to go to since at that time, four years ago. And I move here and I start to look for massage therapists and acupuncture and all this stuff. And I find this one massage therapist and she's the best massage therapist I'd ever had. And I asked her like, wow, you're treating me differently than most. Right. Like slower, more detailed work. It's hard to find a massage therapist who does detailed work. And she said, oh yeah, I was taught by this guy, Don, who's like up in Lutz, which is about 15 minutes from where I live now. And he founded what he calls structural energetic therapy. He's uh -huh. been doing this 50 years and he's Love 15 it. minutes from my house. Yes. I've been seeing him regularly for the past probably eight months at this point. And he, the guy's literally mm. changed my life. He is one of the best body workers you will ever meet it's in, and like without him I don't know where I would be right now I love that and it's just really this place I wanted to move to five years ago I finally do it four years later and it's exactly the person I need and when I talk to him he's yeah the mm -hmm. people who need to work with me end up working with me. it still blows my mind but to the same at the same time it's I'm not surprised because I've seen stuff like this so many times Yep. It's wild. And the way I guess I, in my mind, the way I describe it is once you start living in a more aligned, mm -hmm. right? When you, once you start living a life more aligned with who you really are, not who you think you are, not who you've been told to be, not who you think you should be, but who you actually are, then that's when these things start happening. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's awesome. And that's how yeah, like you said, meetings like this can happen and we can just start chatting and it's great. Yeah. 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 What would you say? Because you said earlier too how you live mm -hmm. in an area where the environment is very open, kind of mm -hmm. outdoorsy, right? For people who are interested in starting this journey, but maybe they live in a city or they're very busy right? Someone running their own business, entrepreneurs, right? The hustle, the hustle, you got to build this. And that, a lot of social media talks about that too, right? Where would you advise people to start? Okay. So I am an advocate for starting with anything that feels like play. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. What I understand about the body awakening is that we also have 144 cells within this heart gland that never die. And so those Ooh. cells, yeah, spicy. There's a lot of esoteric lore out there about what that is. That's really fun to rabbit hole in on the internet. But to take it back What's to the name of that gland? simplicity, the thymus, and people will thymus. refer to it as like the high heart chakra. Okay. Or the high okay. heart center. Okay. Yeah. So essentially what I understand is those cells are available to our imagination. They're imaginal mm. cells. 
And Joe Dispenza would have science for this where I just like to make up the storyline <laughs> because like some people are into the science and yeah. I like language that I can share with people of all ages from any culture. And what I know yeah. about Tantra or being one with all is that I can communicate with anybody with my vibration, with my eyes with essentially universal languages on a lot of levels and I can trust to understand people that may or may not communicate in the same ways that I do and yeah going into this particular area of the body to open what you're talking about this heart arc where you've had your sensations and experiences mm -hmm. too with following yep. okay so essentially anything that feels playful in relation to that and then getting physically into that area of your body on whatever level you feel pulled to do. And so one of the things that is also just extremely simple is to look to the animal kingdom, yeah. some information about how to look at your own body. And we have all of these modalities out there and like highly recommend those things as well. Like I've surfed so many ways of playing with your energy and been <laughs> educated in them. And so things like tapping, EFT, super helpful yep. modality. Also look at gorillas, look Ooh, at, yeah. at Tarzan and what are they doing? Yeah. What, like to really just to go there and also to use your own consciousness, your own awareness as a guide. And hey, body, what do you need? Do I need to feed you? Do I need to water you? To understand that we are like a plant, like an animal, and we can ask our body the same way that we would with those things. What do you need? And where yeah. can I take you? Where would you like to be located? Do you need to go see water? Would you like to be around big trees? And to start the journey there, because I think in the West, we can get really into, oh, let's do a 15-day meditation challenge where I like set my alarm and I sit and do thing. <laughs> and that's not beautiful. But in terms of my actual experience and watching people awaken, for so many of us, it involves the qualities of curiosity and awe and fascination and divinity. And so when those start to bubble up in us, that's when those experiences of synchronicity arise and people start to see the 1111 and then they get on the internet and they're like, hey, Google, what is this? That's, I love how you said start with play. And actually, you listened to the first episode of the podcast. And so I my did. friend Alden, that's literally how he found all this too. I came at it from a much more, I need to work on this thing. I need to meditate and <laughs> yes, <laughs> diving into that. He found it when he was like playing with his partner. Uh-huh, uh-huh doing this whole kind of back and forth thing, which was very chest oriented and play. And it's interesting too, because play is something that I've realized I've needed and wanted more in my life. And uh -huh. there's a really interesting book. It's something, it's a book about from the science perspective, why play is important, especially like as kids, I think it's for a different reason, but the fact that, in, that play is a great entry to this, I think is huge. <clears throat> yeah. I think we're at a time right now where spirituality is really trendy and a lot of us that touch mm -hmm. it feels so like Disney magic that we instantly want to like capture it and sell it and take the Western way of this is how we share with our friends. We put it on social media and we come to these events and do the things. And I think one thing that my awakening will always come home to is that it was in a small town 
without that outside noise and I wasn't doing Mm. quote unquote necessarily spiritual thing at all yeah I was really enjoying being in my body and almost playing like I was a character in the world a little bit where I was like oh I have a scooter and I want to put on this long scarf and ride my scooter and put on a red lip because (laughs) I'm quote unquote that girl right now and so it was really more getting into a resonance with joy in the world and when I spoke earlier about having a kundalini awakening making a sense of heaven on earth available you start to understand yourself as a creator and a creation and then getting into that like relationship where really I'm both. And then there's this place where the body takes over and it's chemical, it's physiological. We, we get to those states where we feel blissful and anything feels possible in a way that's also grounded. Yeah. So for me, it's finding the middle path often where there's a lot out there in spirituality where it's like ascension or descension or this. And I'm like, what about incension? (laughs) You know, like, let's find a soft middle sometimes. Like that's, it's also what's in our bodies. Yeah. And to talk about what you, a lot of (laughs) branching off points I could go here. Yeah. But that last thing you just said, right? You have the people who want to go this way and you have the people who want to go this way. Yeah. But that's yeah. just the way the world works. There's always yeah. two different, what is it? Right. Equal and opposite reactions, like the first law of physics. Yeah. And so if you see like the two directions as part of one thing, two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Then why don't we talk about the coin instead of the Why don't of we it? talk about the coin? And, <laughs> you know, it's fun that that's what, for me, this conversation is, that we're talking about the coin, talking about, it, it's also very scientific and very cool when you get into things like the pineal gland, which is located very center of our brain, is full of cones and rods, like the eyes. And it's the size of a Ooh. grain of rice, so it's tiny. And I love to just envision this within my own body, this tiny little piece of rice with these cones and rods and what I understand is that I have duality to see through I have two eyes that see and that are constantly observing and projecting and going into all different modes and then what people call the third eye is that pineal that's all seeing and so every human Mm. being that I'm aware of contains that gland and it actually and has cones and rods. like the, uh, It actually has cones and rods. And that. yeah, having done, for many years, I've been a reader off and on via cards or crystals or often just cold reads of what's going on in people's energy. People mm-hmm. will ask me, how is that available? And I say, it's available to anybody. And it is in relation to this particular gland, as well as our heart. And then the quality of information we can receive about other bodies, because we all contain that same gland, it's like looking through a library of images. And then so you can really relate to how someone else has felt or seen via that particular area. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to yeah. research that after this call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it gets pretty fun with that and the science. And there are some teachers out there specifically calling it the sacred secretion. So it's measurable in science on a level of physiology and chemistry. And there are yogis that can demonstrate, excuse me, demonstrate different openings within their bodies. And so Again, rabbit holing down the internet. (laughs) Bodies are in a place right now in my experience of them where we are literally able to change our physicality based on what we're opening via consciousness. 
And so depending on where we're at, and like I said, mine was spontaneous. I had no idea that this was possible. And luckily I had enough experience in fantasy that I could process this and integrate it to some degree where as a society, one of the things that I think we are ill-prepared for currently is that we're going through a massive awakening and we don't understand these yeah. nuances. It's a transition you know, period. It's and they're always uncomfortable. Period. Change is uncomfortable, yes. like almost by definition. Oh my gosh, my yeah. Mind. And yeah. so for me, I like to look forward to the science changing in medicine and psychology and spirituality becoming a part of that. So it's less divisive. And so having these conversations with people is really on my heart at this time to show up to my own experience as a storyteller and just say, Hey, this is a tiny slice of what I've experienced. And I can go a lot deeper, a lot more, (laughs) you know, but I think it's fun just to, to lay it out there that people like you and I exist and our experiences are nuanced. And when you ask people like, what would the starting point be? I would guess that you're going to get a lot of different answers with some fluidity in there Sure, where you can find core essence to the qualities that we would say create this. Yeah. And based on what you said in my experience and my friend's experience from the first episode, if I had to find that core thing, because that's what I love doing, right? I hear all the things and then what's the core thing? And it, I, I think it's the mind-body connection. Yes. Because we get so, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but we think a lot and thinking is literally the opposite of feeling. And it's because we think that we don't process our traumas the same way animals do, how they literally naturally shake it off. True. Right. And in the Western world and in America and in the corporate world and everything, like it's all about thinking. Like intelligence is like equal with thinking. And it's good to be intelligent. <laughs> so it's good to think. And there's a, this didn't hit me until I think maybe a couple months ago. There's this band Tool. Oh, yeah. Which are really interesting. <laughs> One yeah. of their songs, I think it's in Lateralis, they're part of the chorus is that overthinking, overanalyzing separates the body from the mind. Yes. And I overthink. And I have. And whether that's nature or nurture is a whole different question. But the <laughs> fact that I overthink got me to the point where I needed to do the work. And building that mind-body connection is what changed everything, right? That's what the meditation practice was, the kind of self-somatic stuff focusing on the sensation that I had. So that's what I think it comes down to. What you said about the play with the body and everything. Why? What am I trying to ask here? I guess just what we, why do we not have that kind of mind-body connection? And maybe a better question is why are people afraid of it? Why do we not do it? Why do we not prioritize it? I'm going to, I'm going to shoot for the second one first. Sure. Second question So what I understand about having this experience is it takes our body, like you were just talking about the nervous system and how we shake off trauma. So I love some of the more recent theories and science that have come out about the nervous system and how it relates to everything really. I like to think of the body as an electrical (laughs) system first (laughs) and then a chemical system. Yeah, like actually. Actually. And what's wild is 
there are like the spirituality angle represents all of that too. It's met- metaphorical with oils and lamps and lights and all those sorts of things. And so mm. you find the deep, or I find anyway, the deeper that I go, I find that same information everywhere I look. Okay. So in terms of the unknown chemically, right. And then electrically where our body is taking us is into a space that is a little bit like, oh my God, am I going to die? Sure. It's like edging like the same way. So for instance, I (laughs) happen to have a fear of heights, right? So I challenge myself to maintain some availability with that. So I will drive mountain roads sometimes and just breathe Mm. through that sensation and allow myself to have that experience and know that I'm also in a car I'm safe. I'm okay. I'll breathe through that. Right. And so then that allows my body to know that unknown space is okay. And so I think in society, one of the things that we really value is our comfort. And I think it's combined with a system that's built in squares and structures and built around trying to give us information and educate us so that we can work in certain ways in certain fields and so the math there just isn't open enough to create the miraculous so for me it's a matter of the science and math that's dominant in the majority of the population and as i walk around that's something that i notice just in terms of people like how willing people are to have those experiences or not. And it's fairly obvious to me at this point, who's willing to knock on those doors and who isn't. (laughs) And then who has a little bit of a window open and to be, um, to be honest, like it comes from also walking around with an open body. And so these glands will literally go through a physical process within your body And there's a lot of beautiful esoteric art that would show them as flowers and buds that open as well. And as you begin to surf your energy body more and more, those sensations become common and fluid amongst people. And they would say, I feel more open here, or I feel like I'm budding. And so, Uh, yeah, yeah. yes. So (laughs) one of the things that I find beautiful about bodies, right? So if we get a bunch of bodies in a similar space where somebody's on the verge of one of these openings, the consciousness of the space and the other bodies can sometimes hold that almost like training wheels for that person to then open that area and feel safe along with those that have already opened and have processed that like unknown. So I think it's also a matter of a ripple because 14 years ago when I woke up into this stuff, there was a much tinier sliver of the population that was available to understanding. And now it's everywhere. And I would even say it's oversaturated and there's a lot of people walking (laughs) around that can speak it, but haven't lived it. There's people that monetized it right away, but really have no idea what the lived experience looks like. And I think that'll all flush out in the next. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows how long, who knows how long, but. <laughs> yeah, kind of like crypto, how so many coins yeah. came and then they all crashed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And really, this, this I is think. Any wave, I think, is kind of the similar yes. pattern. If you look at the stock. No, market. that's exactly, yeah. Yeah, I'm curious. This just is in my mind. Have you watched the videos that go along with Tool? <sighs> Probably 
not recently. Okay. But like the music videos. Correct. Weird. So and when yes. they perform live, they project them like on their stage. The whole stage is like a. Yeah. Yes. So I'm going to ship this, especially because this is a podcast and will remain in the future. So the videos from the album that you're speaking about, they actually show several ways of the Kundalini awakening. Okay. And Alex Gray, the artist, has illustrated how that works and looks through the body. And he has mm. museums and his work is just everywhere. And so he wow. did an animation in one of these videos that's about two minutes long and shows essentially what this looks like internally. So if people want to see a visual, that can also facilitate inner sensations and inner awakenings. I'm going to have so, to look that up later. Yeah. Old school <laughs> tool was up to some stuff. <laughs> they knew <laughs> what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. They definitely um, know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Something else you mentioned too really resonated with me. I forgot what led into it, but you mentioned how we're taught with education to be this certain box or square and live huh. in this way and have this certain career, yada, yada, yada. And I think before, maybe before that or after that, you also mentioned like the creativity part of it. Like you have to mm -hmm. have something that you're kind of creating after 26, 27 years of being in that kind of, you might call it like a blue pill lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I learned about entrepreneurship, about no, you can create your own life. You don't have to be in one of these boxes. You can go into this way of being where you just create everything. It might be more challenging. But you can have a lot more freedom. You can make a lot more. Just You can have a lot more abundance, I guess is what I would say, in whatever areas you want to have abundance, really. Yeah. And so I just wrote this down as you were talking with a question mark. I was like, entrepreneurs as spiritual. It's almost like the entrepreneurial path is a spiritual path in the modern world of the capitalist society. There still One is a way to keep that spiritual aspect, which is what I think has maybe kept me on that path. Ever since I learned about entrepreneurship, I was like, this is what I need to do. Yes. Right? And now it's kind of all coming in. I don't know if you've had a similar path or what that might be for you. So I have had a similar path. And I will even say that it opened at the same time as this Kundalini awakening. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. The desire to be an entrepreneur. And then I have done a lot of online education about how to have an online business and immersed myself at different points amongst people who had created sort of several businesses, actually, some of them and had done it in different ways. And I would say that I'm currently in one of the deepest initiations I've had in relation to my own ideas about how to show up as an entrepreneur in the world and also okay. be conscious in my body of everything that I'm aware of. There's and so there's, <laughs> there's a lot to be aware of and there to be able to maintain for me, I have found quite a few people that are successful now speaking about their nervous system and the alignment where yeah. their nervous system had to be in a certain space to be able to charge a certain amount or to be able to put up a group program where they might be dealing with 50,000 people. And like a nervous system that deals with five people is different than a nervous system that deals with 50,000. Definitely. 
And how that looks and works, I think I went into the experience of having like high levels of mysticism. So like the far out just became my world. And Mm. I had people define me as galactic consciousness and all of these different, like I've been labeled (laughs) with a lot of, with a lot of things and have had a lot of abilities that are extremely far out come in over time and having lived those little aspects and pockets of my life and then coming back down into this, okay, I understand that all these facets of the universe are quote unquote real with a capital R if we (laughs) are able to step into them. And so if I pull back, for instance, like I'm not somebody who has regenerated my own limbs, but I am not yet, (laughs) but... But I understand the potential theories and processes behind how we locate that aspect of our abilities and our DNA. And then once I found that within my own sensation and could hold that resonance within my own field, then I found an experiment where children were regrowing their fingertips. Yeah, I think fingers you know? grow back. Yes. And so then I was like, okay, proof world, thank you. And so my world often works like that, where I have lived now for, I'd say, five or six years in anomalies of consciousness and just collecting Mm. those. The way that you talked about patterns and surfing patterns and then finding that core. Yeah. And then, yeah, being able to just really enrich with, okay, I have deconstructed down to here. And the say, <laughs> yeah, I'm like that with anomaly where I okay. will prove back to myself what is possible. And so I'm like a walking library of having seen all sorts of things and am currently in the process of figuring out how I want to present that back with people and whether that's a community, a newsletter, I do offer services. I'm ready to do things in a different way that feels very comfortable and led and sustainable. And so that is also, it's outside of when I fell into the entrepreneurship material and the lifestyle, it was very much hustle and push yourself and you can earn 10K in a month, just put it up and like (laughs) someone's going to bite. And so it was very Wild West territory. And yeah, I think getting down to that core is where I'm at in the process of entrepreneurship. And when you said, is it related to spirituality? I'm not sure who this came from, but it's not mine. But I, there are lots of people that speak to it being just a next level of spiritual initiation is the specific word Mm. that they use. That it is similar to... Um, what like an aesthetic or a monk would have done how many years ago or somebody that was deep into the craft oh interesting yes so when they would get to that point of mastery or devotion to saying this is how I live it isn't just a practice that I sit I'm this is a lifestyle that entrepreneurship is that key to being able to actually live out instant manifestation yeah because you're just creating stuff you are and it gets to those levels too yeah And if you read the stories from Joe Dispenza events, especially more recent stories, the things that are appearing quite literally out of thin air, because there are enough people within that field at the events that that is, that's what's possible. And so it's fascinating what's available. Yeah. 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 And (laughs) you just reminded me of something on a, such a small scale for me, but 
<clears throat> I was living in Puerto Rico working on starting business, like my, the business I want, a business. It was just like, let me just start something. Yeah. And I also wanted to do like the work, inner work and work on my psyche and everything. So one day, it was literally one of my birthdays, I decided or finally planned and organized for me to take psilocybin for the first time. Yes. And so I did. And it was not a big dose. It was not a, it was not a huge dose. I was in control the whole time, but I saw, I'm very in my head a lot. And so I still was during that trip. And I got a lot of insights to myself and the way I was. And I had already developed my own practice at this time, but I had so many more like things to do the work on after mm -hmm that and that was on a Saturday like all day at the beach just had all these I had a, literally had a list and so then the next day I spend literally like eight hours on my couch doing my meditative process letting go of the energy behind all of these things yeah and it was I think it was later that evening that people literally just I had my first few sales like several that evening when I had zero I love that. Yep. And in my mind, I was like, there's gotta be. <laughs> yes. And such a small scale, just me, just one person self-taught. I'm like, okay, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you keep going that? How do you take that to the next level or the next level? Yep. Yeah. That was the, I know that was one that was surprising to me, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And I'm not at a level where I have had this experience, but in the last week I was a part of a meditation challenge called Dare to Prosper, a creator named Jolie Dawn. And she speaks to a very deep level of spiritual entrepreneurship. So she works from an energy worker's perspective out and then has okay. had extreme results in this way. And so she had several mentors speaking about their experiences. And one common thread I found in every single person was that they went and did something that was a level of high joy, pleasure, or bliss, or space, and had a breakthrough within either their following, mm. something went viral, money showed up, wow. a bunch of people signed up. And so what I understand from that and from their stories, what I can feel in my body when I was listening to them is they hit that point where they're between a particle and a wave. They were willing to be mm. still and hit that space where they were in flux. And so the world can be holographic at that point and show back up to you very quickly with those connections where, you know, our energy was perhaps stuck in a, yeah. in a particular area. And then we sat with it. And I guess I even had somebody recommend this to me four or five days ago to not focus on the business aspect necessarily, but go out into the mountains and have fun, go sit with that tree again. And I was like, shh, you are right. <laughs> like, I know I've been way too much in my head and trying to strategize yeah. and then take that yeah. strategy and f try to feel it in my body. And I was like, no, I need to feel first. I need to breathe and yeah. engage and ground and enjoy. And then and it goes back to what you were saying earlier like, too, about how to start into this, start with yeah. play. Start with play and, and movement. And as much as I can go on YouTube and do regularly to do a breathwork practice, 
my body also knows how to breathe and knows how to breathe in all these cool <laughs> ways. And really, you, you don't know, have to force it for 20 minutes. No, you don't. You don't. And you can ask it. That's so true. When I'm like, hey, body, I'm not able to go to sleep. Can you show me how to breathe my way into sleep? And what's amazing to me mm. is that like all these books that we have that are like, here's the box breath and here are these different styles of breath to wake you up in the yeah. morning. That came from someone's imagination originally. Yeah. So it's in my yeah. cells, their imagination that came up with this breath work. That's in my cellular body. I have access to that right now. Because it, it exists in consciousness and say, hey, body, can you put me to sleep? Yeah. And so yeah. I think, th yeah, that that's a huge aspect that's missing. Like I was saying about education earlier, yeah. we are built to be channels and we are built to use our consciousness at a level that people call genius. And that is documented at savant level. And again, in anomalies where you have people that remember every moment of their life and can recall those things. And there's just a handful of people in the world, but who's not to say that we don't all have that ability and that we shut that ability off when we have to open and memorize because the part of our brain that memorizes to regurgitate is also the part that remembers war. Mm. So more spicy when we go to school, we're shipping ourselves into a space. Mm. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts so good. <laughs> That's just... <laughs> like I was literally telling a friend of mine like two days ago as I was explaining some of this. I was like, we remember our bodies like we store the negative, but we don't store the positive. And part of that is like our survival brain being like, I need to pay attention to this thing so it doesn't kill me. Yeah. But still, what you just said is interesting that the part of our brain that memorizes to regurgitate remembers basically like evil and war and uh -huh. pain. Death that's yeah yeah wow and so and, that's... and side note my mom's a teacher yeah <laughs> and all she does is talk about like negative stuff yeah and it's when wow. you think about it so that's fascinating I, yeah i grew up labeled as gifted and so was very good at school and both of my parents are they have doctorates in counseling and education so that was like the highest value in our home was to be educated and I was yeah. also the kid that struggled to memorize and to do any task mm. that was not necessary for me to learn the skill set okay and so I became that non-traditional learner very early on that didn't love school for that reason. And so when I look back on my process and like why I had an awakening at 27 in the way that I did, I think about what I would do in relation to school and kiddos and how yeah. we all actually, if we activated our consciousness first, everybody would have essentially codes or ones and zeros as to their operating system and as to what they came to do and what they understood because we're, we're all different. And yeah. then there are people like me out there that can read energy bodies and walk around and I'm like, oh man, that kid can see bones. Is somebody going to, is he going to get closed off to the fact that he works like an x-ray machine by an adult? Probably, probably in kindergarten. So the amount that like little kids in the sight of somebody that like science would tell me that 
so many things aren't true or available for us that I've seen in terms of people being able to actually do and produce. And so I think that we get shut down so little and then to facilitate it actually in a completely different way where we're like, Hey kiddos, we actually work like projectors through this gland and we're like 3d printing the world out in front of us. And the amount that if you knew that as a five or six year old kid and had adults to facilitate yourself (laughs) as a consciousness, we would be walking around in the most rich lush unbelievable like the amount that the trash in the ocean could disappear in three seconds if we took the kiddos that could remote view and make things disappear and had them all focus on that again this is really far out and it sounds like fantasy but the amount that I have pieced together these things within Mm -hmm. my path and have been like hey the amount that we're trying (laughs) we're trying to solve from such a as a like a heady place that's not ever going to solve the problems and then we're in our phones and we're weighted down with oh god but the trash in the ocean and I shouldn't use that straw and oh my (laughs) god that's terrible and so if I'm walking around in my 3d life populated by that the last thing I'm thinking about is that there's little children that have these potentially amazing abilities and like that's also on planet earth yeah (laughs) yeah and it's putting kids into the system but starts really early and literally like last week i was talking with someone who's he was telling me how he thought the school system should be yeah and it was very different from what we have now and i think i don't know if there's some state that passed a law that they're going to try it now where it's kind of more whatever you're into is where you go it's not by age which is what right. we have now it was more by interest and then yes. you get the people the older <clears throat> kids teaching younger kids and a whole different way of doing things which i never heard before i thought that was really interesting yeah so there oh man there's a movie that's out I believe it's called Supernatural it has documentation of kiddos that put on blindfolds and then are able to just read books and they yeah so they're sure that was a Dr. Seuss book a long time ago yes (laughs) no absolutely absolutely and there there's a handful of adult channels that are able to do these things as well that have been studied by science but it's becoming more and more apparent that we can teach people to to get information in all sorts of different ways that are organic mm. and that something that I've worked with specifically too is the technology of crystals and they essentially work like a computer or like a storage device so if I take on a consciousness and for instance like if I want to heal something then I can affirm in any number of ways, I can take that feeling of healing and I can ask this to hold it like a device. And so essentially then I give this to another person that can open their nervous system. Mm -hmm. And if they're able to feel, or if they have the sentience to yoke with that earth, then they can take on those healing affirmations and those feelings that I had within my body. And that's an ancient technology is using crystals to pass information. Again, yeah. (laughs) You made a point that there's a skill involved. There, so there, I, 
there is a remembrance is the word I'm going to use and a development. Sure, because <laughs> we think, forgot it. It got tuned yes, out of it. Because I think for me, skill puts a little bit of that pressure that I have to know something, a thinking point of view. <laughs> and yeah, like I said, as somebody that was very focused on intelligence for the first half of my life, and then I became sure. sentience focused instead mm. of what does my awareness know? And how does my awareness work? And can I know? One of the things I did very early on with this friend of mine who I woke up with, we would play, we had our phones with the ringers on and we would play a game that you couldn't pick up your phone until you called who you thought it was. So it was like, <laughs> we'd say it out loud. Oh, that's my brother. And there, there wasn't a risk in being right or wrong about what that was. But what we saw over time is that our accuracy increased and we increased the morphic field of Ooh. belief. Okay, so Rupert Sheldrake, morphic fields, we increased the belief between the two of us that we could both do it. And then we increased the actual experience and then the technique that we had got to that place where we were like, oh man, I'm getting to the point where I can 100% call who it is. <laughs> and then I can also feel in my heart. So it was like almost this inverted way of experimenting and playing where mm. I started to notice the qualities of people where my mom has a particular quality. And so then I would notice that sensation in my heart and I was like, oh man, we can actually all talk to each other within these sensation realms if we chose to. That's there. Uh, yeah, in the sense, like, not the language realm, but the sensation realm. Because language came way later. <laughs> way later. Way later. Yeah. So, tons to talk about, man. But one <laughs> thing, because this is going to be very new for a lot of people. I'm still exploring it myself, right? Oh, me too. Every day. <laughs> what would you say? How would you... How would you try to convince, lack of a better word, convince somebody mm -hmm. that this is something you should start learning and working on and building these skills, again, for lack of a better word, right? Yeah. Uh, what's the argument there? Because in today's society, you don't have to. You can right. keep going and make your money and drink at the bar and watch TV and be entertained. Why start the journey? Okay, so I would highly recommend from experience to, to not convince anybody to go down these paths. And like you said, you lack, lead of a horse better, to water, lack of a better word, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yep. I had such a beautiful experience, like I said, that I wanted to share it with everybody in whatever way that I could. And I also, like you said, I wanted to have a lot of arguments as to why this is the way and why we needed to do this and how we needed to do it. What I have discovered over the years is that my embodiment is the best invitation I have. By example. Yes. By example, yeah. role yeah. modeling and actually showing up because I have experiences mm on a day-to-day -day basis, like at the grocery store where I connect with somebody and where we have that moment where both of our hearts start glowing and we can feel each other's spiral and then the smile just shows up. And it's, just, <laughs> it's like the, like literally like 
the gospel has arrived in the check lane <laughs> and then you're generating that field there. And then anybody else who can pick up on that, it's like pinball within that space, little kids that then will engage. And then there's that synchronicity of someone else witnesses and like joins for the conversation. And so in those moments, you've then shown up to the why you've shown up to the convincing you've shown up to the argument because it's a felt sense of being and it's a transference of, hey, this is how good I feel. And I remember she years ago. <laughs> yeah, yes. Literally so spelled like, out Absolutely. And that's, so that's transference. And that's the fact that there is no time and space when we're in that realm. So you can feel how I feel in my heart if you're open to it. And I remember years ago, I was a hostess at a restaurant and I was sitting at the end of the bar at the time, just drinking hot lemon water. And somebody was like, oh my gosh, is that girl on drugs? And because she's just in this mood, in this space. And the server was like, no, actually she's sober. She's just really lit on life. <laughs> and the amount that I would notice that my aura, my radiance would transfer. And in that space, it was also seen. People knew this is how I like to show up when it's available for me to do. And it puts me, the reason why others might perceive it like drugs is that it puts me in that magical space where like anything can happen. Mm. If you ask me a question like, hey, guess what my favorite drink is? I'm going to guess and I might be 100% accurate. <laughs> and that, that might throw your game as to like, how's that possible? And so that's, the, that's yeah. how you convince, but then also... In those sort of settings, like I said, I've learned not to argue or evangelize necessarily, but just yeah, to be to a push. human being, not to push. And to also trust too that the right people will ask to go further. The right people will say, hey, mm -hmm. do you know something about this? Hey, would you like to go to coffee? Like, <laughs> do you want to do a podcast episode? Do you want to? <laughs> I'm not kidding you. And the amount that I'm like, yeah, actually, that sounds fun. Yeah. And so again, I came from a space of play where like not mm. putting pressure on myself for this either. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but I know I have a fun story <laughs> and then I'm open to share pieces of it. Yeah. So cool. Yeah.